0: We are preaching in the month of January, it's called Summer Hits. and it's pretty much life messages that are designed to help set you up for the year ahead. And I know everybody has come into this Sunday uh, some of some of us have dragged ourselves to church today cuz you you're kind of exhausted after kids being at home on holidays or or maybe you've been facing some really difficult things and and you're dealing with grief and pain uh, and you're in the right place to be in the house of God. You're in the right place to be filled with the love of God. Others you're you're just frothing. You're ready to go. You're ready to take on 20. Who's ready to go for 2023? Who dragged yourself here today? I know you could barely put your hand up. I know, but it's great to have you here. Melbourneites, well done. And so today I want to preach a message called Digging Wells. Digging wells. This is, uh, this would be one of the, my life messages. Uh, it's pretty much, I did a series in the first year of being the senior pastor of this church that lasted about 28 weeks out of this scripture in Genesis chapter 26 because I was building a culture of faith into our church to break through and to get our first building, the green building that we're in for a number of years. And so I'm, I'm gonna talk a little bit about what it means to be digging wells. So I want us to jump to the, the scripture this morning. It's Genesis chapter 26, I'll read it out. This is about Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. So you've got Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Isaac, he's a type of Jesus uh, in the Old Testament, a shadow that points to Jesus. His name means laughter and he's uh, got the blessing of his father. And he's uh, this, let's pick it up in verse 12. When Isaac planted his crops that year, He harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. I could stop there and preach, but I won't. Uh, He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. If you're focused on God and God has your heart, part of the blessing is financial. That's part of the blessing of God. Uh, He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. down, So out of that jealousy, the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley where he set up his tents and settled down and he reopened or he re-dug the wells that his father had dug. While the Philistines had filled in, which the Philistines had uh, filled in after Abraham's death, and Isaac restored the names of these wells that Abraham had given them. So you've got to understand that in this context, wells uh, literally were a life source. Wells were not just a life source of water for, for Isaac and his family and his, and his servants. They were, they were a source of life for their business, their, their flocks and their herds. And so no wells, then you, things weren't going to work. I was going to crack a Christmas joke then about no well, but I feel like I've already done that. All right, no wells and things, uh, everything's going to die and things are going to get tough. So wells in the natural are a source of supply. Now, this is a spiritual picture for you and I here today. Thankfully, thank God for unity water, Dam here on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, we don't need uh, to dig our own wells in our backyard, maybe unless you're out on property and you're digging wells or bores or dams, whatever the case may be. But, but fortunately for the majority of us, clean water is not an issue. But wells are symbolic. And they speak of, of a supernatural flow that God wants to put into our life. A supernatural flow uh, that that will be, it can be in a, a number of different areas that we're going to talk about. But I want you to understand three things about digging wells before we get going. First of all, wells are symbolic of a supernatural flow. The second is the enemy will contend with your wells. The enemy wants to contend with the supernatural flow that God has in your life and all sorts of supernatural flow. But I just want you to get this. One, wells are a source of supernatural, a supernatural flow. Two, the enemy will contend. And three, just because your father or your spiritual father's dug a well doesn't mean you don't have to go and redig the wells. Now it might be easier for you to re-dig the wells that your spiritual fathers have dug but at the end of the day, you've got to dig them yourself. Just because your parents are followers of Jesus, just because your granddaddy was a pastor or a minister, doesn't automatically mean that you're gonna have a spiritual flow of life in your life. You've got to dig the well yourself for a supernatural flow of life. Now, praise God for, I think of the Owen family there in Melbourne. Praise God for godly heritage, for men and women of God who have gone before us, who have dug wells on our behalf that then make it easier in our relationship with God make it easier for us because once the well's been dug the ground's been broken up the rocks have been blown up so to go back and redig the well is a lot easier than digging it in the first place that's the power of generational momentum that's the power of following and being in a church that's broken through in different areas and you can come and capture that breakthrough in your life but you've still got to dig your own wells come on turn to your neighbor and say time to start digging Now there's a, a famous New Testament story that we pick up in John chapter four around a well and it's with a woman, a Samaritan woman and Jesus comes to her and the, it's a whole story going on here and she, they're waiting for the Messiah and, and, she's, uh, and Jesus said, can you get me some water? And, and there's this kind of it, this play on words that's going on and, and he says, well, if, if you only knew who I was, you'd ask me for living water, not water from this well but a supernatural flow of water. This is what Jesus says. If only you knew the gift God has for you, verse 10 of John chapter four, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Verse 14, but those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now the world tries to find meaning, purpose and satisfaction from stuff, from owning stuff, from achieving stuff, from parties and stuff, from relationships, from all sorts of things which in and of themselves may not be bad. But ultimately that stuff will not fulfill the the longing in our heart that's there for God. And so Jesus said, what you need is you need me. And when I come inside of you, it's, you don't need an external world. You're gonna have an, an internal world. You gonna have a spring. It's gonna bubble up on the inside of you. There's gonna be life that flows from the inside. There's gonna be joy that flows from the inside. There's gonna be passion that flows from being connected to God, an eternal spring of life. And so for many of us, that well, when you first met God, maybe you're here today on the sunny coast or watching online or you're there in Melbourne and you haven't been to church for a long time or it's your first or second time and you've never really connected with God and got the flow of God life on the inside. Because once you get the, the flow of God life on the inside, it's addictive. It's awesome. And it comes from surrendering your life to God and receiving Jesus. And at the end of this service, there's going to be a moment If you're you're new here and you don't have a relationship with God, you can connect with Him and begin to get this flow on the inside, all right? But once you've got it, here's the thing. Just because you once got it, you you once had joy, passion, fire, the vibe of following Jesus, supernatural vitality. I want to tell you right now, the enemy, he wants to clog it up. He wants to contend over your spiritual vitality. He wants to contend over your spiritual fervour. He wants to contend over this flow of God on the inside. I know he'll want to contend with it. And so you and I, one of the most important wells that we need to keep digging. Come on, as we set ourselves at the beginning of 2023, we need to make a determination that the number well that we're going to dig is a supernatural flow of God and life on the inside. Because when you got that going, you're, you're hearing from God. You're, you've got confidence no matter what's thrown at you. you, when, you when you've got the, the well of God, the spring of life, Jesus said, uh, everyone who thirsts, come to me and I'll give you, I'll give you water and, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. How's the flow of your river going? How's the flow out of, the, out of your spirit going today? Wouldn't it be a good time to do a little test? Uh, do, uh, here's some things. You, you, you know you're, you've got a great supernatural flow of God on the inside when you're racing to church because you want to be in worship. You, you know you're on fire. You know you've got a flow going on on the inside when you, you just want to read the Bible. Now, sometimes you do it because of discipline, and that's awesome. But other, when there's a, a life flow going on, it's like, give me that Bible when you know you've got a flow on, when, when you your just worship is just something that it's partially choice, but the presence of God is just there. And I want to tell you, even though you, things might have been tough, even though things might have been difficult, you might be coming out of a tough season, you can reset yourself to dig the well of life again in God. This is why uh, Melbourne, we're coming to you for Vision Sunday in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about prayer meetings and what we're gonna do. But on the sunny coast, we've already begun our Tuesday night revival prayer. And the whole point of revival prayer is to come and say, God, I'm digging a well in the Spirit for me to connect with You and for our church to connect with You. I'm coming sometimes not because I feel like it, but because I've made a decision. I'm gonna dig a well of supernatural life. I'm gonna dig a well of worship. I'm gonna dig a well that connects me to God. I'll see you here Tuesday night as we dig wells in the Spirit to have life flowing. So that's your internal well, but there are wells that we need to dig of supernatural flow in different areas of our life. Maybe it's for salvation for members of your family. Maybe it's for healing and health. Maybe it's for financial provision in your life. Maybe it's you're in business and you need to get an anointing flowing for business. There's an anointing for business. Maybe uh, many of us, we prayed for our teachers and those going back. Maybe you need a well of God's anointing flowing in the classroom. That's a well to dig. Maybe, maybe it's a, a ministry dream that you've got in your heart that you need to dig a well of supernatural flow and anointing from God. As a church, we dig wells, supernatural flow. I'll tell you soon how we dig them, but we dig things like a soul winning anointing for our church so that people come into this place and experience the love of God and the scales fall off their eyes and they make a connection to God. Just because that's God's will doesn't mean it automatically happens in every church. It's something you go after. It's a well that you dig. Passionate worship is a well that we dig together. A prayer, fervent prayer is a well. Servanthood, sacrificial servants who are all in to serve God and one another. That's a a well, a culture that we dig. Leadership is a is a well, it's a culture that we dig. I, I'm so passionate about leaders big day out. I'm unapologetic about it. I, I believe that that the church should have the greatest leaders on the planet. I believe that the church should be the place where people go into their workplace. I go, where did you learn how to be a leader like that? Where did you learn how to take, take charge? Where did you learn how to serve others? Where did you learn? And they go, I learned that in church. I got developed. I just made it not about me and making it about helping other people. And I learned these principles and I got this anointing and I dug a well of leadership because of what I'm part of. We dig a well of, supernat- of the supernatural, of the prophetic, of healing, of the miraculous. We dig these wells, church planting. These are things that we, together, we dig these wells. It's quite funny when we sent our uh, former, uh, our founding senior pastor Graham Fletcher to Vancouver to plant a church. I be, I was talking about we're sending him to dig a well of salvation and healing for people and we're at a restaurant and you know we're talking because th- we'd been preaching about this for so long. I'm like he's going to go and dig a well and others will come and drink of the of the water that gets to super you know the salvation water. At the end of the, the night the staff at the restaurant that we're celebrating are like so tell me more about these wells that you're going to dig. I thought it meant literal wells, not literal wells, supernatural wells. Let me give you three keys to going after wells in your life and in our church. Three keys, because I think I'd like you to think right now, what's, what's the, the God flow that you need in your life right now? now there might be a number of them. But just think about it. what's What's that flow? that the, Apart from your own walk with God, what's that, what's that area that you need an anointing flowing in your life? And then you've got to go after it. So the first, the first principle, I'm going to talk about three things. One is a spirit of faith. Number two is targeted prayer. And number three is shameless persistence. This is how you dig wells in a culture of of the enemy contending against you to get a supernatural flow in your life. The first one is a spirit of faith. A spirit of faith. If I was to describe faith, my, my, my description of it is a positive expectation. A positive expectation. Our dog Rocket, I just call him Mr. Faith. I, I will walk in the morning to make Danielle's breakfast, and, and the moment he sees me heading for the kitchen, he flies to the kitchen and jumps on the mat where he knows if he sits still long enough, then dad's going to give him some food. He knows I'll throw him a little bit of chicken or even the, even the word chicken, and he's flying off his bed with positive expectation. What is that? He, 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 he's, he, And you know, sometimes I miss it. Does it matter to him? No, he's back there the next day. He's got these big puppy dog eyes. It's just, he stares at you, stares at you. And what's going on? Positive expectation. My dog has got faith. I think he read Pastor Phil's book, The Parable of the Dog. Actually, he didn't read that because he's got some discipline issues. He read Pastor Phil's book, Faith. All right, that, that's what he's read. But he's got positive expectation. That's what faith is. Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is, it is a substance. There's something on the inside. It's not ethereal. It's not hope. It's hope that's been grounded. It's been landed. It's the title deed for the land. You might not have the land, but you've got the substance of the land. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That's what faith is. So if you're going to dig a well, you've got to create around your life an, a spirit of faith. Now, here's the interesting thing about faith. Faith leaks. It, it just it leaks. It just, some people have got the gift of faith, but, the, but, but even then, things go down. We hit disappointments, delays, stuff that we were believing and hoping for doesn't happen. And, we, and, we, and we, can, we can get damaged in our faith. And so here's the thing. If you're going to dig a well for salvation in your family that you haven't yet seen, then you're going to have to make sure that around your life you create a spirit of faith. And it's a deliberate thing to create a spirit of faith because it does leak. You've got to go after it. You've got to to immerse yourself into atmospheres of faith. That's why I love, one of my number one things that I want to do for us as a church here and in Melbourne is to create an atmosphere of faith an atmosphere to believe God for the miraculous. I I love just recently Cliff and Emily Bradley, uh, Emily was singing here on the Sunshine Coast, uh, just moved into their first house. And they they wrote us a note and said, thank you for creating an atmosphere for the miraculous so that we believe for something that in the natural was impossible, but with God, He's made a way. That's what church is. And Cliff's in charge of the sound. So if he turned me down, he's got so much power today, doing a great job. But that's an atmosphere of faith injects something into you. Now, you might be naturally pessimistic, so you've got to work harder at an atmosphere of faith. I want to give you some resources right now. How many readers have we got in the room today? I want to give you four books that I believe every Christian should read. All right, let's put them up on the screen so we can see them. A little shameless plug on the right-hand side. We'll get to that in a moment. All right, if you have not read these books yet, I encourage you, If you've got a reading goal, make it four books plus the Bible this year. This would be the place to start, all right? Melbourne, I hope you can see this. Number one, it's the founding book that Pastor Phil wrote that's the foundation of the C3 movement. It's called Faith. It unlocks the seven steps of faith. That's just a phenomenal book to read. Uh, the Fourth Dimension, Dr. Yongi Cho, the biggest church in the world. He's going to be with Jesus now. Build a church of one million people uh, on the basis of f- prayer and a supernatural understanding of how God answers prayer. That that changed my life, that book. Uh, the next one, The Circle Maker, Mark Batterson. Fantastic book about just drawings, uh, drawings praying circles around things that you're believing God for. It will, you'll catch a spirit of faith. Then this guy, this friend of mine, John Pierce wrote, This book. Uh, It's called The Wheels of Financial Blessing. Now that'll help you in your finances, but the last three chapters in the book are about faith. And and on it, here's the funny thing. When I was reading my own book, I was I was getting inspired. I'm like, I was, I was reading the draft. I'm like, this, this is awesome. I can, I can feel faith on it. Plus it's got a chapter about the anointing for business if you're in business. So I would just encourage you if you're gonna dig some wells this year, if you're going after healing for someone in your family, come on, if you're going after a breakthrough in some area, then you've got to create an atmosphere of faith. Faith leaks. So don't just don't just hope it's gonna happen. Go after it and build a faithful exp- and expectation. All right. Is that cool? There's some books refilled with faith. Okay. Number two, say so a spirit of faith. If you're going to dig a well, come on, if we're going to dig some wells as a church to break through in different areas of revival and the supernatural and people coming to Christ, we've got to have a spirit of faith. Number two, we've got to have targeted prayer. Targeted prayer. I learned this from Dr. yongyi Cho. Jesus uh, taught two parables about prayer. Now prayer is firstly for relationship with God. That's the primary purpose of prayer. Relationship with God. Love, uh, connection, receiving, hearing his voice. It's It's a connection. But Jesus said, now there's also, there are types of prayer. And so when you build a relationship with God kind of prayer, then you build on that for prayer that gets answers from God. And it relies on your relationship but less so okay but less so I want to jump through to John uh, to a parable he said in Luke 11 I'm going to jump down guys In Luke 11 it says then teaching them more about prayer he used this story Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread and you say to him, hey, someone, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. They've come from Melbourne for leaders big day out and they're staying in our house and uh, I've got nothing for them to eat. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom, shoe fly, don't bother me. No, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. In in that culture, all the animals would sleep in the house. All the kids would be in the house. And so getting up, you'd be in the middle. So getting up would disturb the whole household. Don't bother me. I can't help you. But I tell you this, even though he won't do it for friendship's sake. Remember, God's teaching us about prayer. Jesus is teaching about prayer. Even though your relational prayer is strong with God, even though he loves you, you love him, you worship, you're connected. Even that, that's not enough sometimes when you want to break through in prayer. It's not enough just to say, well, if it's your will, God, I love you, you do it. Jesus says, here's how you pray. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Your sh- so here we go. Some things God's going to answer just out of relationship. Just because you're his son or you're his daughter. He's for you and he loves you. Some things, you're just going to pray the prayer and it just happens. But there are other things that you're going to have to contend for. Not just with the enemy, but you're actually going to have to prove to God shameless persistence. I don't know how many of you are hagglers at the markets. How many have, Have we got any Melbourneites? Anyone who goes to the markets and loves to haggle over the price? Give me a wave. Don't be ashamed right now. All right. Now, I can't do this. Oh, it's in my nature to go how much do you want oh you look poor I'm going to give you double see you later give me the thing I'm out of here I'll avoid the markets just to avoid the conflict of haggling just because I don't like it but some people like to get up there and they're like you say 10 I say four the classic under you know just the low ball and then they go eight and they go six and they go seven and they go no eight only and then they go to walk away and then, then you know who's one of those I know you okay there we go shameless persistence, shameless, it's like, it's almost like, this is what God says when you pray, I want there to be shameless persistence, I want you, just because you don't have an answer yet, there's no shame in it, just because God hasn't answered your prayer yet, don't be, don't be ashamed about that, another version of the Bible says, audacious boldness, When you dig wells and you don't yet have the answer that you're looking for and maybe things have got well, uh, have got worse, but you dig well, you just keep coming back and going, morning God, we've spent time, I love you, you're awesome, we worship, Uh, convict me, help me, tell me, uh, encourage me for the day. And hey, you know that health breakthrough that we need in our family? You You know those prodigal kids we've got who aren't walking with you right now? You know, you, you know that financial need that we've got? You know how we want to get our own house? You know how my business is, is doing it tough and we need to turn around and you come and it's not like it's, it moves from conversational relational to a front-footed digging a well kind of prayer and it's shameless persistence. And whether it takes a week, a month, a year, a decade or 25 years if your name's Abraham come on, God, I'm bringing my request to you. All right. So I, I've gone out of order, but we're talking about a spirit of faith. We're talking about shameless persistence. And the last thing we're talking about is targeted prayer. Targeted prayer is where you, uh, you go, you're not praying for the 10 things you need in three minutes. I need that. It's not shopping list prayer. It's it's lock-in prayer. You know, when, the, you know, when they, they, they go to shoot the missile, they're moving around, <laughs> Beep, locked in. I've locked in on that target and that's what I'm going after. Danielle and I have seen uh, so many breakthroughs come over a period of time where we've just said, we're gonna lock in on praying for this thing until it happens. And it's one thing, it's not 10 things not even five things. It's one thing. We've we've seen financial breakthrough supernaturally by locking in on that. We've seen a prodigal come back to Jesus by supernaturally locking in on that. We've seen houses. Uh, every, we've owned three homes over the years. We're in our third home and every one of them was a miracle that came from locking in in a targeted prayer for a house. I've seen it in my business. I've seen it with business properties. We've seen it in healing. We've seen it in all different. We've seen it in the church growing and it's comes from locking in on that one thing, targeted prayer. I wonder today if something's stirring inside of you and you're, because what the temptation can be for us, come on Melbourne, the temptation is if we prayed a few prayers about something or we even prayed a lot of prayers or we responded to a lot of altar calls and nothing's happened yet and we we can kind of get a dialogue or a narrative in my mind, well, maybe it's not God's will. because the door hasn't opened. I would suggest to you, maybe it is God's will and He wants you to barge the flipping door down. He wants you to dig a well. I, I want to just suggest to you, so we don't live in that, oh God, it's all over to you. He says, no, I want you to pray. My kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. My will be done. Therefore, if we don't pray, it doesn't happen. So we target. Let me give you five statements to pray when you're praying targeted prayer. Five minutes a day together on your own with a, with a, with a spouse, with, with someone, just targeted prayer could change your life. Just lock in. And, and so this, the, the persistence part, when we do this, literally we pull the phone out. We're doing, we, we've been doing this for the last four or five years about different things that we've broken through on and, and probably for 20 years on and off. But we'll literally get the iPhone out and go, we're praying for 10 minutes. Start the time. And sometimes we do not feel like it. Sometimes it's just like it's the last thing we feel like doing. But we've made the decision. And, you know, when we're in that zone, it might be six out of seven in a week or five out of seven, but we're aiming for daily. And we'll set ourselves. And here's the five things. The first one is praise, and that's you are. So that when, you, when you're praying for 10 minutes, let's just say uh, you're praying for financial breakthrough in your family, you want a house or something, you just start out, God, you are, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are a provider. It's your, so you're not coming to change the nature of God. You start with praise and elevating. This is who you are. That's the first part you pray. You interchange these things in your prayer. The second thing you pray, you can take notes here, is the petition. So it's pray, it's praise, it's petition. I ask. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. So I'm asking. I'm asking. I've got a petition, like a, a, a woman coming to a judge, which is another example that Jesus gives of prayer. And The woman comes to the judge and said, I ask you for this. We did this for years when we, we needed $500 extra a month. In our budget, like many years ago, and we, we just began to ask God, we need $500. We, we couldn't work anymore. We couldn't cut many more expenses back. God, we're asking you actually for $1,000 supernaturally extra every month. And we just, so we praise you. You're, our, you're a provider, but we are asking you, that's our petition. The next thing is often God will give you a promise. So I'm coming and I'm asking, but I'm just saying, okay, Lord, you said, that's the phrase, You are, I ask, you said, and we had scriptures that we would declare, we would say, here's the promises of God. You said, uh, your work will give you what you need. Blessings and good things will come to you. And we would declare the scripture because that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The fourth thing we would say uh, is, is a prophecy. I declare. This is, you can just, you're like, how do I pray for something for 10 minutes? I'm just giving you some things you can say. I declare that $1,000 a month is going to come into our account. I declare. Why? Because God's given me a promise. And now I'm beginning to prophesy what God has told me. I'm stirring up my faith. And it's a really cool thing when two of you are in agreement. And one of you prays and the other's like, yeah, that's good. And the other prays, yeah, that's good. And you get into agreement and faith sparks faith. And maybe you're, you're not married. Maybe you've got, you, you don't have a partner who believes in God, but you'll find a prayer partner to pray once a week with on this. And you spark one another in faith. I declare that God said this, you spark. And then the last thing is you go back to praise. But now it's not you are, it's you will. God, I praise you because you're going to fulfill your word. I praise you because you're watching over your word to perform it. I praise you because it's your nature right now. We're digging some wells. Three things to dig wells. An atmosphere of faith, targeted prayer, shameless persistence. An atmosphere of faith, go after it, create it. I love to make sure I'm listening to worship that's not not uh, too melancholic. It's not too like, here I am, Lord, a terrible sinner worm. And I'm glad that you even would consider me. No. I love to sing songs like we're singing this morning. I know you can. I know you will. This is the God. And when you declare these things, you build an atmosphere of faith around you. Get in the house of God. There's an atmosphere of faith. You're going to walk, some of you are going to walk out of here today. You're going to feel lighter because some, some stuff's got off you. But you're also going to feel like, okay, okay, this could, this could be that year. This could be the month. This could be the time. Why? Because faith is stirring and doubt and discouragement and disappointment washes off in an atmosphere of faith. Shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. Let's close our eyes together right now. The band in Melbourne comes. The band here comes. Father, I just thank you for your presence here today. I thank you that you want us to dig supernatural wells. Personally, in our families, in our personal world, in our church. Lord, right now, right now, right now, I pray. Let faith rise. Let determination rise. I want someone here today to know, someone in Melbourne to know, delay is not denial. Just because your promise you've been declaring has not come through yet. God's mostly just looking at your faith. Do you not give up? That's what pleases Him. Do you believe Him? That's what pleases Him. That's the Abraham kind of faith. Abraham believed against all hope. So Father, I pray today, let there be faith imparted. Lord, let there be a a shameless persistence get on the inside of us that we we might inherit your promises through faith and endurance. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. The answer, I, should, I, I sometimes don't finish my stories. We're believing for $1,000 a month, we ended up getting uh, supernaturally $500 every month that we needed for about four months and then, and then just got income rises at over $2,000 a month. And I know it just came from digging a well. Once you've dug a well, once you've got a breakthrough flow in one area, it's so easy just to keep tapping into that area. When you've got a breakthrough in healing in your life, you can just go back and, oh yeah, we've got a flow for healing. When you've got a breakthrough for finances, you can go back to that. When you've had a breakthrough in the presence of God personally, you can just go back and quickly redig that well. So it's hardest the first time around. The most resistant the first time around. But then when you've broken through, away we go. I know how to do this. And that's what I want you to catch today. Hey, I, I said earlier on, We talked about the the supernatural inner life that Jesus wants to give us. And so if you're still with us watching online or you're here today and you've never connected with God, if you've never uh, received the life that only Jesus can give, see, remember, it's not the stuff outside that's going to fulfill you on the inside. Stuff's good. You know, achieving's good. Relationships are part of God's blessing on your life provision. also, They're all good things, but they will not satisfy the longing that all of us have for God on the inside. And so I'm going to ask us in a moment to close our eyes. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, in a moment I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand and we're going to pray a prayer connecting with Him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you'll be able to connect with God from your seat. Whether you've grown up in church and drifted away, whether you've never been in a church like this or it's been a long time or whether you're just here today but you're not sure whether you're going to go to heaven. I want to lead you in a prayer so that confidence can come in your heart. Can we close our eyes right across the room? Three types of people. If you've never invited God into your life, you know something's missing. The life that only Jesus can bring, then today, I want you to receive Him into your heart. Receive the forgiveness that He offers. In a moment, I want you to raise your hand. If you're saying, John, I did grow up in church. I've known God, but I've drifted. I've backslidden. I've moved away from God. You can feel the tug of God. There's there's life that you need, but it's only going to be found in Jesus. You might have been trying all sorts of other things and you find yourself flat. You find yourself, you know something's missing. It's time to come back to God. Or if you're not sure you're going to go to heaven when you die, I want to pray with you right now. So right across the room, if you're in one of those three cases, you've never received Christ, but you want to become a Christian today. Number two, you need to come back to God because you're away. Or number three, you want to be sure you're going to heaven. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to get right with God. Wherever you are, just raise it up real high. Say, that's me. I want to connect with God. If you're online right now, thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome. If you're online right now, this is your moment. Just in a moment, we're going to pray. Who else wants to join and say, that's me today. I want to connect with God. I want to get right with God. Awesome. Thanks. See your hand there in the front row. Who else right now? You can put your hand down those two. Who else right now? You're saying, John, would you pray with me today? I want to get right with God. I want the relationship with God that I was created for. that's you, raise your hand as well. We'll pray for you. We're going to pray together in a moment. Just looking around the room. You know something's missing. There's a step of faith involved here. A step towards God. But I tell you, you make the step, it'll change everything. Just raise your hand if that's you as well right now. I want to get right with God. I want to come back to God. Awesome, we're going to pray a prayer together right now. All of us together, Where these two have raised their hand. Would you say after me these words? Those of you who put your hand up, you're not praying this to me, you're praying this to God. He hears you. Say, dear God in heaven. All together, let's say it loud. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and for my sin. Today I turn to you to follow you. I put my faith in Jesus. Cleanse me from my sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today. I am forgiven. I'm cleansed and I'm born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for those. Put your hands up. That's awesome. God bless you. Thank you. For those online, if you've prayed that prayer as well, uh, what we'd love to say to everyone who connects with God, whether it's today or last week, keep coming to church. Let's keep getting in this atmosphere and we're going to help you in your relationship with God. In the month of February, we'll start a course called Alpha, which will help you to connect with God. So come on, give the Lord some praise. Give Him honor. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen, amen, awesome. I'm welcoming up Teresa, you can grab your seats.